Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, and welcome to this week's Runners World podcast with just me, Ben Hobson. My guest this week is Simon Lamb, a runner, massage therapist, teacher and writer who suffers from a severe form of bipolar disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, which at times has been life threatening. Simon kindly came and met me for a chat about running, how it's always been part of his life, the role it plays in managing his bipolar and OCD and how it has improved his mental and physical health. As a warning, we do discuss topics such as suicide in this podcast. We were chatting away when I hit record, as always the best conversations just start, so there's no flashy intro to our chat, but we were talking about how Simon has always been a runner, so that is where you join us. It's just always been a constant in my life, and coming in and out of it. Yeah to do with my illness yeah. times when I get really ill it, it fades but also like the times when I am ill it's the thing that does yeah get me back out of it really is it sort of so as you say like the constant is it something that you'll use as a management sort of to, of your illness or is it just it's just an, yeah. it's a life thing you've always done and, yeah and no you, it never used to be to be honest it used to just be I loved running yeah. um, and I, I had no real notion of how it could be used properly to manage my illness and to be honest that element of it didn't come until 2020 so not that long ago like I've been running since I don't know 2007 2006 Mm. as a a runner and I used to do like not ultra distance races but ultra distance runs all the time and stuff and I always remember no, it, was, it wasn't fun as well. It was the BBC made a little film about that, that notion too. Yeah. Um, but I realised through those patterns that running that real long distance stuff was not that healthy for me. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my mood would obviously rise when I was running lots and lots with bipolar and then, then you'd naturally would have to take a long time off afterwards and my mood would just plummet yeah. so it was always running almost was a fuel for the bipolar and it wasn't until 2020 yeah I, I got unwell really unwell mentally unwell mm. back then and I was living with undiagnosed diabetes at the time as well right. um, I kept presenting to my psychiatrist with uh diabetic symptoms 
and because the two worlds just do not talk in in that in oh, that way that. they're like saying this is a side effect of the cretiapine which is a heavy antipsychotic drug they were giving mm. me we'll just have to stabilize you on this as soon as we stabilize you on this these symptoms will disappear mm. like oh, okay it's really quite painful it's not very nice i can't see and i can't breathe properly and I'm urinating all the time and I'm really tired. It's like, oh, you know, don't worry, it's just typing. It'll, it'll, it'll work itself out. Mm. And then um, I collapsed in an A&E unit. It got so bad, my eyesight completely went. We were diabetes, the yeah. sugar goes in, in the eyes. Um, and I couldn't see. And I was stumbling along, got to an A&E unit, thinking something really bad is happening. Collapsed, woke up in the, in the not the operating room, but in the, in a, in a, yeah, in the, in the kind of like, a special unit and said you have diabetes how long have you had it for I was like I have no idea I didn't know I did so yeah they went through my medical history um, and said you you are on this cocktail of psychiatric drugs mm. which are completely destroying your body really um, especially the cretiapine is, uh, it's just ripping through your body yeah. and m- making nothing really function the way it should do right. so they pulled me completely cold turkey from those drugs whilst I was in with diabetes Diabetes, yeah Yeah, so I had um, diabetes I had a diabetes nurse Mm. and she said then about the diet the vegan diet which I mentioned to you Mm. and she said oh you know exercise is great and it's like well I'm a runner I'm. I'm gonna. I'll get back to it. Leave it to me. That's the I've bit I that. can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really realised then. Yeah, that, that running had to kind of become almost prescriptive rather than a kind of a chasey yeah, competitive yeah. thing. It needed to be a replacement for those psychiatric drugs. And, and you mentioned the sort of the ebb and flow with the ultra distances. So it, this was treating running more as like dosage. As yeah. in you couldn't you couldn't have those huge yeah spot- couldn't do it it no. was like taking loads and loads of drugs or yeah. not taking any drugs at yeah, all yeah. so I realised like if I wasn't going to be taking antipsychotic drugs and lithium and mood stabilisers and antidepressants I was going to have to do something daily yeah to replace that mm. and luckily for me at that time I was teaching over at St Mary's University and there was a couple of lecturers there one called Bernadette Dancy and another guy called Brendan um, Stubbs who has written a fantastic book on exercise prescription for mental illness Um, I mean the guy's a real genius doctor Um, he's a physiotherapist that works within the mental health setting Um, and he wrote a pretty academic, you can read it as a general lay person, but it's, it basically goes through every psychiatric disorder, um, analyzes the drug input for that, for that disorder, and suggests an exercise pattern that works at least to the same efficiency as, as, as the drug pattern yeah, to try and re- get, replace, you know, just this constant reliance on psychiatric drugs. Right. So I followed the prescription for, yeah, bipolar. Right, and that is... Which is 45 minutes a day to an hour a day, every right. day of the week. And that's what I've been doing for the last three years. And come rain or shine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, come rain or shine. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, okay, this has got to change. How, you mentioned your, your um, the diabetes in your diet. You, you've, you've posted as well before, you, you gained a lot of weight. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, and that was because of you on these drugs. As yeah, I mean the thing is, it's like there's always talk about whether or not those drugs do make you put on weight, and what they certainly do is stop you from just having any get up and go. So you're eating, it's a bit like when you see ex-footballers, you know, and they've, they've thrown it on type yeah, thing yeah. after their career because they're yeah. still eating the same, but they're not moving yeah. the same. And I think that is more the case. I mean, I don't quote me on that, but, it's, you know, I know at those times when, especially with the heavy antipsychotic drugs, you just don't move. You, it's like a mental straitjacket. Yeah. So you're eating the same, but you're not moving. Right. Um, so, yeah, I was up to like uh, 20 stone, 20 odd stone. Mm. And you were never, like, you've never been, you would never, I mean, you were running huge distances. Before yeah, never... I mean, when I was running huge distances, I was about 15, 16, so I was always quite big yeah. in, in, that, in that way and quite slow and that sort of stuff, you know, 10, 12-minute marlin and stuff. Mm. But doing the ultra-distance stuff, it, it, it sort of suited that do. sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe why I went now. I was like, I'm never going to be a fast runner. Right. But, yeah, I mean, the vegan diet, and a regular exercise daily, I've lost seven stone. I'm down to 82 kilos now, so. And what was it about a vegan diet particularly? Just the cleanness Clean of it? Clean the body, it mm. completely cleaned the body out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that happened again in January 2020. Mm. And by June 2020, I'd reversed the diabetes. Yeah, they they diagnosed me first off with type 1 diabetes, which they say does happen very rarely in in later life, usually caused by extremely stressful situations, i.e. the the psychiatric stuff I was going through. And they kept me in for a long time, and they were monitoring it as type 1 diabetes, and they were giving me insulin to inject. And then we were going through the period of checking it. But again, it was in that real early pandemic time. So the access to stuff was not that great. Yeah. Um, so they basically said, we, we want you to exercise and a plant-based diet is going to give you the best chance of, of clearing your, your body and getting it working better. So go on and get, it, get, get going on it. Yeah. So I did. And yeah, and that was January by June diabetes had reversed by august diabetes was signed off um they looked at the stuff and they said well if it was type 1 diabetes you've done something that, that people don't do mm. it's not possible oh. um so they then did a lot of uh, other tests and they said this it might have been a complicated case of type 2 diabetes which we see a lot mm. they said in older people um it's quite hard to really determine what type it is mm-hmm. But whatever it is, it's gone. That's great. And it's not come back. So I don't take any drugs for the diabetes anymore. Yeah. I didn't since then, yeah. And you have sugar? My main diet is fruit and sugar. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm, oh, it's, just, it's funny, though, because I, I had a really good diabetic nurse yeah. when I first started. And then the other diabetic nurses and doctors were not so good. So, again, it was kind of always, I think maybe because my past has been teaching, it's always like, look, Go and find out this stuff for yourself. Yeah. So I followed uh, the guidance of a doctor called Dr. Michael Greger. Yeah. He's an American guy. He's fantastic. And he wrote a book called How Not to Die, which, again, basically takes every single major disease yeah. and and shows through the science how a plant-based diet can reverse it at best or how to manage it at best. So like the Brendan Stubbs book of exercise, just like, oh, I, I'm going to follow this. Yeah. So just got straight into doing that. 
and again, yeah, in in those six months, I had um, I wrote it on that on that list. I had uh, high blood pressure, which was being medicated. I had um, fatty liver disease, um, high cholesterol that was being medicated. Mm. Kidney, my kidneys were failing. Mm. Yeah, the, the seven stone and weight just went. Like total sexual dysfunction from all of the antidepressants and antipsychotics. Yeah. There's just like nothing, nothing there <laughs> for for years and years and years. Yeah. yeah, I could urinate, but that was about it. Yeah. And one by one, it's just like, hey, that's come back, and you having a regular test. Hey, your liver's functioning properly, again and hey, that kidney stuff has gone again. And yeah, without going into too much details, that things worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the weight was just yeah, just literally falling off. How does this? How does this physical change then? Obviously, physically, you've reversed your health in a hugely yeah. dramatic way. How does that tie within your your mental well being? Because it, it gives yeah, it gives me a clearer picture. Right. I now know the the pain I'm in is my bipolar and OCD. Before, they'd say, oh, how are you feeling? It's like, I, you know what, I, I don't know. Mm. Like I said with the diabetic stuff, oh, no, that's a, that's a, something to do with this. Let's get this sorted out and we'll clear up that later. Now my body works exactly how a 47-year-old man's body should work. Yeah. Um, so when there is a problem, I, I know it's psychiatric. Right. Um, and I know that I don't have to do anything physically to address it. Yeah. Yeah. And there isn't anything physically I can do to uh, aid it in, in any way like that. I think this is, I mean, uh, talking to you, I wanted to get this, this broad picture and where running fits in because a lot of the time, I think running can also be sort of heralded as too much of a sort of like a cure or a, yeah. a, a something that's going to absolutely, you know, comp- yeah. And, 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 that's not the case and we know that's not the case but it's obviously a fantastic tool yes yes but it's not a cure and it's yeah you know what i i have to speak only from my own point of view Mm. but i think some people just use it to to you have to take the competitiveness out of it for it to be a benefit for mental illnesses because so much of uh the pressure of mental illness is the competitive element of life yeah um so as soon as i went okay i'm not doing those i like i don't do any races don't run with a watch Mm -hmm. i know how many miles i run just out of habit and kind of thing and routes yeah yeah, yeah, i I know that like like traditional running yeah into richmond park i know what a four mile run in richmond park looks like yeah if i know i want to do a six mile run then that's the loop around there taking out the competitiveness of it i think frees your mind from that kind of like i'm not good enough so if you are still a 15 minute miler you are good enough because you're just out there running if you're running six minute miles you're good enough because you are just out there running i think when again like i noticed when we were talking about when i used to have the clinic and stuff Mm. um you'd see people and they would be in such an anxious Date yeah. because of running, and running is an enormous stress to the body. Yeah. So we're all there trying to use it to relieve stress when actually we're giving ourselves even more stress than we, we need to be. Yeah. 
adding to it the injuries that people give themselves yeah. and the stress that that relies on themselves, then running actually becomes quite a negative part of your lifestyle and especially their mental side of the lifestyle. Oh, yeah, so I have not been injured in the last three years because I don't, there's never that point where I'm trying to push there's no the, the volume isn't you have your 45 minutes you have your yeah 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 so again i know i run it's it's about 30 odd dish miles a week sort of thing um that i do sessions you know this morning was tempo session one mile warm-up three miles tempo i stick fart licks in there just for fun but there's never that thing of i think when you used to be racing it's like i have to be fit on the 25th of june yeah. So you're pushing, ah, oh, no, this hurts. And you, but you're still pushing, you're still pushing, and you're breaking down, and then that breakdown comes in your brain as well as in your body. Yeah, yeah and running becomes an unhealthy thing, yeah. Especially with, like, social media as it is. People, the competitive, yeah. the, the way that you can, everyone has visibility on too much. and it's and Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, back in 2020, I sort of did slowly decide to think, just stop talking about it. Mm. like yeah. publicly yeah yeah because you do just get too many questions What's your PB? Or your, all that sort of stuff yeah and it's like yeah yeah it sounds cheesy but it's just like training just for a healthy life yeah yeah and sure. being able to be able to run there isn't ever a time where i think i can't run today because of something it's like oh, i can go and do it yeah, yeah. You mentioned your clinic. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, a very interesting part. The fact that you, you, you're very much not just a runner, but you were involved in the treatment of runners. Yeah, yeah. I do miss that, you know. Um, yeah, when the pandemic started, uh, it all obviously stopped, like everyone's work did stop. But then that did also coincide with me having quite another major downturn mentally. Mm. And it got to the point then where I just thought, this has just got to stop. Yeah. And it has stopped for that time. I still care for three runners from a coaching perspective, mm. like not hands-on sort of stuff. Mm. And I love doing that. It's really beneficial. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just a complete whole whole thing, really. But that was part and parcel of that as well, because yeah. we get runners coming in, they maybe they've been sent from physiotherapists who maybe have not been looking after them as well. And it was kind of just a look, I can see what's going on here. You need this more than you need that. You need that more than you need that. And building a whole kind of culture of treating people and looking after their training and helping them understand what their bodies are doing, what their bodies are not doing. And, yeah, I do I do, I do, do miss it, but, I, yeah, I don't think I'll be doing that. Yeah, it's just... I mean, that's why I did start doing that work in the first place, so it would be something that I could always work with in my own capacity. Um... And hopefully, like, this fundraise and stuff will give me the treatment I need to be able to rebuild that capacity again. Yeah, well... In a healthier way. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, let's talk about the fundraising in a minute because that's very, very interesting. But on the clinics, I'm. Because you're, it was, it was, it was predominantly massage, right? Mm. That was what your sort of clinic. And I was, yeah, interested. I was a massage therapist. Yeah, I was interested in the sort of. You've already touched on it slightly, but the, the, again, the physicality of running and how the tension in people. Yeah. How how you were able to and your treatment, you, you've written about it in the past. How your treatment, the, the physical and the, the the release from massage is, was very much tied in with the release that running should have and yeah. all those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Historically, I used to be a chef and I had a massive breakdown when I was a chef. And I was lucky at a time when the government was still the old Labour government and he put a lot of money into that sort of rehabilitative stuff. And I went to a unit where they were using massage therapy to treat depressed people, which was why I was... um, which is why I stopped and trained. I thought the doctor said, you can't go back to being a chef, that's not a very good idea. And that was all I ever wanted to do. So it was kind of, what do I do now? And just lying on the massage bed, maybe think, well, actually, this is a, a, a good thing. So again, yeah, I started treating people in a way to aid their mental well-being rather than their physical injuries. It did, in the end, turn into more of a kind of traditional sports-based thing. Mm. But the thing is, again, people just used to see their bodies upside down that they saw them as machines that could be fixed like this yeah. you know and they, they didn't see it as that they were more like plants that needed to be nurtured back to life so they would want like heavy physical massage bend this break that treat that and it's like you what you need is to lie down and be really quiet for an hour and let me just massage your legs yeah. because your nervous system is so overwhelmed yeah. that me pummeling you to death is just going to make it 10 times worse. What we need is to calm your body down, and calm your, your nervous system down and calm your state down. And you realise your muscles will start working properly again because the nervous signals are, are working in a much better way, in a much a clearer way than they, they were. I think that's huge, that, that sort of the respect for the nervous system and, and how fatigue that gets and stress not yeah. running in life just you know you know you yeah, can really like yeah. wind it up and yeah well it's funny because again when I, I used to teach over St Mary's and help with some of the kids on the programs there like the young runners and stuff and they didn't really get much help f- f- in a physical way so they used to come to my clinic for free and stuff mm. and it's just like the pressure those young like sub elite UK runners were on to perform mm. But no one was just letting them lie down and have a rest. Yeah. It was like, oh, if you're injured, then go and see so-and-so and they'll get you fixed up. It's like, 
And like some of the stories they would tell me was just, oh my goodness, no, what we need to do is just gently massage that calf for a while and yeah. just try to calm you down. You're also trying to do your exams and compete for the UK and be 16. Be 16, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you just need someone to give you a professional cuddle for yeah. want of a better word uh, for sure just calm down mate yeah, yeah just yeah, calm yeah. down you'll realize that you that pain you're feeling in your leg yeah. is actually your nervous system just so tight and so tense yeah, yeah. sort of manifests in in, in, a, in, in a physical body. response and then yeah if you think about it every emotion we've had whether or not it's happiness or sadness or tiredness or anger comes with a physical response if we're going to do something angry you know our fist clench yeah. If we are scared, our leg muscles start moving to help us run away. Yeah. All of those emotions in our bodies have a muscular element to them. Yeah. So if you're constantly in that state of emotional stress, your muscles aren't going to be working properly. Yeah. And again, I'd love to be able to spend years and years in that in, in, a, in a setting trying to prove it, but yeah. th that isn't happening. But that's... Again, what the clinic used to try and do on a practical day-to-day -day level. Yeah. So, yeah, the treatments were never very traditionally sports massage They were Some people couldn't quite work out what was going on, where we would just lie down and just gentle massage and, yeah, just trying to calm the calm people, calm people down. down a bit. <laughs> See even more now though. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, we've just yeah. gone through these last three years. Exactly. Yeah, I think lying down and being calm has been proven to be actually what everyone needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then we'll talk about the current situation and yes. and and yeah. and your treatment basically reaching its end in terms of what was available to you. Yeah, and yeah. Subsequently, setting up the GoFundMe and how that's all worked out. Yeah, so. I mean, without going in too much to the, the problems within the NHS, there's there's three levels to NHS care. There's your primary care, which is your GP, which is usually the first person you go to if you have a problem. And then they refer you on to what's secondary care, and that is kind of the community mental health teams. It's it's within that system that w which has just completely fallen to pieces yeah. for mental health. Yeah. Um, so if you are having a first-time crisis there's still support there yeah. but if you're living with a long-term lifetime complex disability mm. it just isn't there the support just doesn't exist anymore right. unfortunately because they're working within a system which is under pressure itself mm. they pretend uh, pretend is not the right word they go through the motions that what they can do is still beneficial Got it. um so a little bit like if we we're talking physical stuff and someone goes to a doctor with a cold mm. they give them or, or like a bacterial infection they give them antibiotics there you go it's cleared up in a few weeks yeah. they're doing the same with mental conditions but even though you've been going back for the last 16 years like i have each time you still get given that paracetamol and just it's like yeah now i'm, I'm beyond that paracetamol antibiotic doesn't work anymore yeah. talking from a mentally kind of drug perspective yeah. but it, it's just missing and, and the units aren't working the, the units are closed the units are completely disassociated from what's going on yeah. the staff are completely unengaged um and it, yeah it's it got to the point where i just 
I've been in referral for what is the third level tertiary care, um, which are the specialised units. And there's two in London, one at St George's and one at Maudsley. I've been in referral for that for a year. Right. Um, and then this was last June and this January, my life was getting to be threatened again. Mm. Suicide was just... A, a, a daily thing um, I live right by train tracks so I would just every time I was at the train station I was holding onto the railings yeah whilst the trains went past and uh, yeah it was getting bad so I, I see a private counsellor each week she is fantastic and she's seen me through these three years like no other counsellor ever has um, she isn't a specific OCD or bipolar right. therapist or doctor. Mm. So, so what we do is quite limited. Um, so again, in January, it's like you, you're reaching a point here where this is not helping. It's actually might be making it worse. Right. So again, we spoke with a GP and the referral system goes out again. This is then the fourth referral to the tertiary care. Mm. And that was in January. Still not heard anything yet. Mm. So... I mean, we're talking now this time last week and I am suicidal again yeah. and I'm thinking I've got to do something. Yeah. And just strangely chatting online to two women I know, they said, why don't you do a crowdfunder? Mm. I just oh, what, well, can I get like 15 quid or something? And then I just thought, actually, 15 quid would be really beneficial. I'll pay for my therapy with Joe next week. Yeah, just put it together. Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff that I write, I can do that, no trouble. Mm. Write it out, say who you are, say what's happened to you, and see what happens. Yeah, and, I, uh, and that was the Friday night, and I woke up in the morning with three grand. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, it was, uh, I follow you on Instagram, and you put it on Instagram, and I saw it, and I was then again, I looked the next day because you have, you, you very much laid out the costs of your treatment. Yes. And, yeah. and what, what the money was going to go for, too, yeah. and all this. And, yeah, similarly, I was intrigued. So I checked again in the morning and was like, this yeah. is incredible. Like, And it, I think it's a testament to all the things that you've done in your past within the running community, all the people that you've reached out to and helped. You've obviously... That's what people say, because you know when yeah. you get the little thing and yeah. it pops up and mm. you, I say, oh, thanks for the donation, that's really great. And mm. the, the messages that are coming back are, yeah, all saying that stuff, which is quite hard to hear when you're, you know, when you're unwell and... Hmm. My head doesn't let me hear that sort you can't, of stuff. A compliment yeah. or a yeah. nice a nice sentiment is is not it doesn't just, register well. It doesn't register well. But yeah. I have to just think. Well, now yeah. there's six and a half. No, six. Just over six thousand. Just over six thousand of tokens proving that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that Worth. is true. Yeah. Which I guess. Yeah. If you are, I mean, I have no idea. My my, my this is speculative, but if you are feeling suicidal having something to show worth is surely also yes does that do the two things correlate yeah yes it does because so much of the suicidalness does come down to you just thinking the the, the loneliness of it and the aloneness of it yeah. i mean I, I do i live alone so i am caring all of this is is me doing this by myself yeah. and it's just like oh what yeah what's the point no one is here yeah um this is just too painful really mm. so this stuff does help because it's just kind of like okay right yeah there, there there's care 
yeah. There's thoughts and thoughts yeah. and emotions and good thoughts, sentiments. good emotions, good sentiments yeah. help. Yeah. Uh, constructive people actively thinking about it, which yeah. is again is the thing that's missing from uh, traditional NHS care. No one actually actively thinks about things. So there's been doctors and there's been nurses donating. I know this person, this is the person you need to go to see for your OCD. In this country, you should call this person, you should call that. So I'm getting this little resource up now. Mm. It's quite overwhelming because I don't know quite where to go yet. And I also realise this is people's money and I want to spend it properly. And there are just as many... Shonky. Shonky private (laughs) doctors as there are. Yeah. Yeah, so I need to do some research, and luckily I've got my my counsellor mm. and my GP, who I saw this week, who are like, right, we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll, we'll to town out. on this. We'll we'll find out who That's these great. people are. Yeah, um, we've talked about the sort of running and, and the bipolar, and and just on the OCD. Yeah, how does running and OCD? How what's the relationship there? Is that? Oh, that's it's a big one. That is, um, yeah, it's good because it's a time that where it stops. So if you can imagine, it's hard to explain OCD. I I suffer from like a like a subsection, what they call real event OCD. Okay. So there's no anxiety of future things. There's no of the classic like oh I'm scared of that. It's not phobia based. Exactly. It's based on the interactions that I have with people. Right. So for example, your messages that you sent to me, I've read nearly three hundred twenty six times. Gotcha. Just yeah, to, just, to just to make sure, just to know, get here two hours early, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's disabling. It's yeah. So at home, if someone sends an email, have I said the right thing? Have I looked at the email properly? Did I say something rude? And then if you do are in a, a conflict with someone, that is amplified just oh, to the to, to that must be it, it all consuming. Take, yeah. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, there's a test, a, a Yale-Brown test for OCD that's scored out of 40, um, and I, I register at 37. So there are there are three marks where it are not, I'm just not at the level, and 37, yeah, it's extreme. Yeah. Um, so that creates a lot of false memories as well, because I'm always trying to think, well, have I upset Ben? So then you think back to like the first message and you think, oh, what did I say? And, and did I say this? And did I say that? And it's a little bit like if you can imagine in the OCD world, there's an, an analogy of a, like a, a tub of ice cream and you've got a tub of ice cream, you take a scoop out of it. That tub of ice cream is the memory. You take a scoop out. It's no longer looks like the same right. thing. And the more scoops you take out, the more you think about it, the more the actual memory changes. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with me a lot. Right. Um, the, the memories that I have change so memories with relationships partners in the past people I may have broken up with all the, those memories become very warped right. relating that to running it stops when I run so you, you, your memory of a run or, or something will always be consistent yep uh, the noise in my head stops when I run alright great um, the noise in my head is the, the obsession and the compulsion is there for about 14 hours a day. Yeah. So for that one hour that I'm running, it's not there. Yeah. 
and then the the two to three hours of natural relief after the run it's not as bad Mm. um so it then starts again yeah um but yeah i mean running is just completely managing the ocd at the moment and it is it is keeping that suicidal stuff at bay yeah yeah we need to talk about some books Running books? Your, no, just your love of books. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm writing a novel at the moment. I'm nearly finished. Um, I'm on the third draft of my first novel, which has basically been what I've been doing these last three years I've not been running a clinic. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a novel about two young kids growing up by the sea um, based on my childhood. Um, I think most first books are in a way, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and how kids kind of create their own magical world when the parents can't quite provide for them. And uh, we see that magical world and then we also see what goes wrong in that magical world and how it breaks. So that's been fantastic. But, yeah, you know, running and books have just been my constant companion. Is the sort of losing... I mean, everyone sort of has that idea of losing yourself in a book. Yes, yeah, very much For you, much is so. that sort of triple-fold? Like, well, sort of, or is it, does it not play into... Yeah, yeah. Without trying to sound too sad, I don't really have that many real-life friends. Yeah. Um, I've lost a lot of most of my friends and all of my family through my illness. Right. So when you read, you, you, you meet your people again. Sure, that's exactly, exactly what you mean. Yeah. Characters become familiar, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. You thought, is that me? Am I? Am I have I done something wrong? Mm. No, because you've just read the character. Also, has mm. done it, and and you've got people all over the entire world mm. that are all thinking and acting in the same way, and that's what books have always been. Yeah, yeah. so it's not a day goes by when I, I'm not not reading and writing and. Absorbing books, yeah, it's the it's the, the one thing I've got left. Well, I would say the GoFundMe is proof that there are many friends out there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that can... was a, actually a, yeah. quite a fun surprise. <laughs> good, yeah. Good. Um, Simon, thank you so much. It's all right. Yeah, so it was really genuinely for future for your memory for later. Yes. Great. <laughs> yeah. So you can't scoop any of that <laughs> yeah. out, all right? No. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Very, uh, very insightful. And thank you yeah. so much for, for hey, coming and talking to me. It's no trouble. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's good. And I think uh, sometimes these things, I think sometimes this is why I still do talk about it on online. Yeah. Um, I mean, I only have Instagram these days, but I do realise that talking about this stuff, people can't talk about it or haven't quite got to the point where they feel they've got the capacity to talk about it. And also, it's like it's been my life since I was a teenager, yeah. so it's not a problem for me to talk about it because it's always been what I thought was normal life. It's yeah. only until someone said, "Oh, you've got this," yeah, yeah. and they, they said, "Oh, yeah, no, no one else suffers from the same thing." You're like, "That's odd," <laughs> and it makes you then realise that yeah, 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 people maybe can't talk about it. So, no, it's, yeah, well, I don't mind talking about well, it at all. Well, look, good luck with the running. Yeah. Good luck with the book. Everything. Running's going good. That's what we like to hear. Yep. <laughs> yeah, book is nearly finished. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Simon, thanks so much. All right. Cheers. Thank you. And so that brings us to the end of this week's Run As Well podcast. A huge thank you to my guest, Simon Lamb, for joining me for that chat. Um, and of course, to you for listening. You can subscribe to Three Issues of Run As Well magazine for just £5. Head to runnersworld.com slash uk slash podcast offer to benefit from that podcast offer. 
Um, please subscribe if you haven't already, because it's just the best thing you could possibly do when it comes to podcast. Subscribe. There's a new podcast comes every Tuesday, so you, you know that that is reason alone to subscribe. I'll say subscribe one more time. Subscribe. Okay, thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray Five in One gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.